Hey, hey, a brand new episode of the Happy Productive Podcast is about to begin. It's time to be inspired by simple and actionable solutions for you and your business. If you're an established entrepreneur or just laying down the first brick of your future empire, the mantra is the same. We will flip any failure into a positive and use it to our advantage. This show is all about turning coal into diamonds with the right plan and mindset anything is possible. I'm Jennifer Dawn, your host, business coach, and founder of Best Planner Ever. And I'm here to help you achieve all your ambitious goals. Success is closer than you think. Let's do this. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Happy Productive. I am really excited today because my guest speaker is Jacqueline Wales, and she has a topic that I cannot wait to dive into. So welcome, Jacqueline, to the show. Thank you, Jennifer. Nice to be here. Yes. And would you mind for our audience who they don't necessarily know you, would you mind just taking a couple minutes and just share with us your background, your bio, who you are and what you do? So I'm, I'll start with, I'm the author of, of two fearless books, as you can see, the fearless t-shirt here, the fearless factor and the fearless factor at work. I've spent the last 17 years as a executive coach, trusted advisor and educator, helping mostly highly accomplished women uh, take their careers and their life to the next level by giving them fearless, bold, strategic actions that develop their confidence and help them to really rock their worlds and be much more impactful. I am passionate about helping people change their behavior and their thinking. And it has been a big part of my life for, as I said, the last 17 years. And prior to that, the reason why I came to this work in the first place is because everything that I teach, everything that I talk about, write about, and, and continue to make noises about is because I personally have had to deal with all of it. The lack of confidence, the lack of self-esteem, the inability to claim your ownership of your authority, the ways in which we self-sabotage, the ways in which we don't communicate our needs, we don't ask for what we want. All of these things were very much a big piece of my life. And it started at an early age when I grew up in, in what can only be described as an incredibly dysfunctional family with mm-hmm. all of the alcoholism and violence and everything else that you hear about and hope you never have to suffer through. But I did. And so I left home at 16 and I moved from Edinburgh, Scotland to London and then proceeded to get pregnant uh, almost uh, within a couple of years. And I gave that first child up for adoption. That was a major trauma in my life because I had her for three months before I said, I can't Uh. do this and I need to to move along. And then got Mm -hmm. married. That didn't last too long either. And I had a son with with my then husband. And at three and a half, I left him in London with his father and I moved to San Francisco. And when I moved to San Francisco, I knew nobody. I had Mm -hmm. one contact and they were kind enough to, to give me a bed. And it was kind of a similar story when I moved from Edinburgh to London because I didn't know anybody then either. So I've, I've got yeah. this history of just showing up and, and doing whatever needs to be done, and it, it's never been easy. But anyways, I'm in San Francisco. I meet my husband, who I've now been with for 43 years and counting. So this is a death until it's due part kind of deal, yeah. I think. And, you know, it wasn't until I was in my, my late 30s, pregnant for the third time, when I said, 
this child will leave me before I leave her, which meant she would go to college and, and I would figure it out. So mm-hmm. I think from the age of 30, 35, when she was born, and now she's 30, 35 herself. She just turned mm-hmm. 35, in fact. It was the beginning of, of a really amazing a uh, couple of decades through my life where I began to write and I began to sing and I took up martial arts and I ended up having two more children on top of that. One was a stepchild who came to me as a complete stranger from Thailand and then decided that, well, what the hell, I'm getting the hang of this. We'll try for another one. So, <laughs> you know, there I was, 39 last pregnancy. So children have been a really big motivator for me for change. It was simply about, you know, I want my children to have a better life. And so it became this journey that I took to really change the dynamics of the family and what the family means in the space of one generation. And I'm really, really happy and and grateful to be able to say that I have indeed changed up my family dynamics. And of course, I'm not the only one. I have a husband who's been involved in that, too. But uh, it's been quite a remarkable journey. And then when I came to this business, I was in my 50s at the time, and and I was told by a coach that I'd had so much life experience that it was time for me to go forth and share it with others. And the fear piece became the, the driving message because I had lived so much of my life in fear and uncertainty and insecurity. And even while I was successful on a lot of levels, I still had a, a real strong uh, insecurity inside of me that needed to be, be taken care of. And it's, you know, I mean, life is an iteration. We keep growing, we keep developing. And so eventually, you know, writing the fearless books and doing the work that I've been doing, working with super smart, amazing, accomplished women over the years has given me a whole new understanding of who I am and how I can help others be better at who they are, which mm-hmm. is really my passion and, and my mission at this point. So that's that's the story in a nutshell. There you go. And thank you so much for sharing your story and being so open and honest about the story. It's very interesting to me as I listen to your story because I left I left home at 17. I was only a year behind you and supported myself and was out on my own and really never went back home, but grew up also in an abusive environment, had a father who was sexually abusive, a mother who's very toxic, didn't really care or do anything. But it's interesting to me as I listen, because I think sometimes, like I look back on that, and I know those times were hard, I would never wish them on anybody, but they strengthened me. Like, I'm very grateful for that, I'm going to call it mental toughness that developed at that time of my life, because I I somehow to survive had to overcome. There was just, it was either, you know, die, or if you're going to survive this, you're going to have to overcome. And I was very, very determined to still have a good life, even as I got a little older and was in my teen years and started to recognize and see oh, wow, you know, my father is actually really abusive. And, um, you know, because when you grow up in it, you don't always know. And then when you start figuring it out, you're like, oh, this isn't actually normal. This isn't actually a great way to grow up. But developing that mental toughness. And I think some people, sometimes when they have easier lives, that they don't always develop that mental toughness. You hear so many successful people talk about, you know, the ordeals they've gone through and they've had to overcome. 
And so I'd just love to hear you speak to that a little bit. Or what are, what are your thoughts on this of, you know, well, the happy childhood, the, the abusive childhood, you know, um, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? There's no question that it, it builds mental toughness. You know, I mean, when you are in survivor mode, and you're not prepared to just play the victim role because that's really a big key piece of this. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I grew up and I could have been a victim and, and certainly mm -hmm. allowed myself to be victimized until I finally had enough of my own strength and courage to say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to allow that to happen. And that took mm -hmm. a while for me. because yeah. There was a lot of people who took advantage of me because mm -hmm. I didn't say no because mm -hmm. I didn't speak up, because I didn't set clear boundaries. And then, of course, you know, what happens with that is you end up in a lot of anger and resentment, and you have to work on your anger and resentment issues. But what we're yeah. really talking about here is resilience, your ability to know that if you met that particular challenge, then whatever other challenges come up your way, you are going to be able to meet it. But we frequently forget that the hard stuff, we've already done the hard stuff. And whatever yeah. the, the life wants to throw at you, you know that you're going to find a solution to move beyond it. But for many people, they get caught up in the, oh, my God, this is how it is. It's now and forever. And, and my life is a complete disaster. Well, you can certainly think that way. It's catastrophizing is what it is, you know. And if you're mm -hmm. used to chaos, and for a lot of people being raised in chaos, and I used to call mm -hmm. myself a chaos junkie at one point, because if things got too easy and too smooth, I would find a way to stir the pot and mm -hmm. get a little bit more uncomfortable for myself. Of course, so with age and wisdom, you realize that that's a hell of a game to be playing. But there's a lot of people who play that game. So, mm -hmm. you know, to your point, the mental toughness piece that's in there, absolutely. I mean, the things that I've gone through in my life, a lot of people look at it and they go, God, how did you get through that stuff? Well, you just did, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it yeah. was like it's do or die, frankly, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, as one person said to me when I was in my early 40s and my deepest, deepest psychological uh, transition point. She said, why are you doing this? It's, I mean, you're so unhappy. And I said, well, I was unhappy before I started it. And if I'm even more unhappy right this minute, then it's either that or die. And what's my, my option? I'd rather live and I'd rather live yeah. well. So you yeah. have to walk through that valley of death in order to get there. And a lot of people hesitate to really confront the, 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 the stuff in their life that truly does keep them trapped in limited circumstances and limited thinking and limited behavior. And my job, the way that I've taken this on is that I won't stand for it. And I don't think anyone should stand for it. And you are much, much tougher than you think you are. My whole philosophy on being fearless is simply this. Being fearless is not the absence of fear, but the courage to take the next step. And when we're willing to use fear as the driver for our growth, that's where we discover the opportunities, the possibilities. And we discover that we're far more than we think we are. And that mm -hmm. becomes a piece of taking ownership of who you are, becoming authentic in who you are, and absolutely claiming your authority in the world, which too many women, in my opinion, because I was one of them, don't do. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this so much. You're so right. So right. Over the years, I've really learned to make fear my friend. And it's like, if I'm feeling the fear, I know I'm out of my comfort zone and that's where I need to be to get to the next level. And I've kind of just started to use fear as just like, a, oh, like I'm aware, I'm feeling it, but it will not stop me. Um, and actually, if I'm feeling it, I know like I'm probably on the right path here if I'm if I'm feeling that. But one of the things that you mentioned, which was so great, was the victim mindset, right? Being stuck in that victim mentality. And sometimes, and I have been the victim, I have been the victor, now I can really recognize it, but I remember being in it and being so just like, poor me, why is this happening? I'm such a good person. I always try to do the right thing, but I don't understand, you know, why is all this crap happening to me? Why are all these crappy people being attracted to me? Why is everybody being so mean to me? And so I would love to hear your thoughts on how do you help people recognize that they're in the victim mentality and then take a step outside of it? Because sometimes we don't even know that we are really caught up in that victim mentality. So what is victimhood but being out of control? I don't have Mm -hmm. any control. So someone else has got the power. Someone else has got the control. Circumstances have the power and the control. You have to be able to look at that and say, you know, who's in charge here? So the victim mentality, you can play into the blame, the judgment, the the sense of, you know, poor me, I don't deserve this, life is unfair. Well, let me tell you the news, life is unfair on a lot of levels, but we (laughs) have to learn how to adjust our expectations around what we, we want out of these circumstances. But control is a big issue. For those of us who grow up in chaos, control is really important because it's all about safety. Mm -hmm. If I'm in control of my life, of my circumstances, of the people in my life, then I'm going to be fine. But what we realize as we release that, that tension point is that we actually don't have a whole lot of control about anything. But what Mm -hmm. we can control is our thinking and our behavior. And that is the hard part for people who are playing victim. It's like, well, yeah, I can't help it. It's not my fault. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. You want to sit in that, that pile of doo-doo? Go ahead. But you mm-hmm. have a lot more control, a lot more agency than, than you think you do. So when you're giving your power away, and God knows I gave my power away for a long time, when you give your power away constantly to other people and they get to call the shots, then yeah, you can play victim. But if you set some clear boundaries, if you're clear on what matters to you and how you want to live your life, then you have to start taking the actions that make that possible. And that develop is really the courage, this inner strength, the ability to say this is, doesn't work for me And so I need to do something different. And a lot of people say, well, I don't know what to do different. I mean, you know, this this is what it is. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are plenty of resources out there that will help you with that. I mean, I'll give you an example from my own life. I went into a workshop when I was in my 30s. And it was for adult children of alcoholics. And when I looked at that, the list that the woman gave me, 13 items or 14 items on this list, I was able to check off at least 12 of them. And I went, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 
that was like, you know, the big eye opener at that moment. Yeah. Was like, whoa, that that's what you're doing? Okay. So you, you look for those kind of resources to help you get that opening. I mean, it's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I created this program called Transformational Strategies for Success, because mm-hmm. I, I firmly believe that when we can address our thinking and behavior, when we can set some clear activities or, or, or purpose and meaning in our life and take the actions necessary, learn how to communicate, ask for what you want, all of those great things. I put all of that into this online program called Transformational Strategies for Success. And I know for a fact it changes lives because I hear it from the people who are participating in it. And it is, it's all based on what I've learned over my decades of experience. And, you know, I'm not shy about my age. I'm 70 years old. And I often look at it and I go, like when I turned 70 and I was, I said this when I was 40, 50 and 60, and I'm still saying it, I'm too young to be this old. So, you know, it's like age is an attitude. And, and mm-hmm. that's another big piece of it. You know, I'm too old for this. Hell no. You know, I'm looking forward to the next 10 years. I want to see where I'm at when I'm 80. Mm-hmm. I hope to God I'm still as, as vibrant and as, as energetic as I am today. But, yeah, maybe I'll have to slow down. Who knows? It's, you know, it does have a process of being older. But the point being is that my mind says I'm capable of doing far more. Mm. And you got to believe and- that. I agree completely. I love what you're saying. And what would you say for people who struggle with their mind? I know I've trained my mind to be able to just focus on what I want to focus on. And when any of that junky talk comes up, I just ignore it. But I've worked with a lot of people who don't necessarily have that ability to just ignore it. And they feel like their thinking is just always, always at them and always coming at them with all the reasons why they can't do it and they shouldn't do it. And so um, would you mind sharing a tip or a strategy if you're listening and you, you struggle with that mindset to really get your mind to kind of work with you? what's something that they can do to help get your brain like on? So, so here's the thing we're talking about. We're talking about the negative self-talk and, mm-hmm. and you know, we're all very good at that, but you have to ask a simple question. Whose voice is that? Cause I guarantee you that that voice did not start in your head. It started with somebody saying something and maybe saying it many, many times. Like my father told me for years, I would never amount to much. Well, did I believe that? Yes, and did I create circumstances that that would validate that? Absolutely. Yes, I did. Drugs, alcohol, running away from things, you name it. I did the whole nine yards. So you have to ask who's doing the talking. And if it is somebody else's voice, you've got to challenge it and say, no, I choose to think differently. But it's a practice. It's no magic wand. You can't just go, well, there it goes. You know, catch yourself in the act. That's really yeah. a big piece of, of that particular part of it. And when you're going immediately to the negative self point of view, flip the switch. I like to say if you're having a negative thought, here's a simple exercise. Keep a bunch of, of uh, index cards. Write down the mm-hmm. negative thought and reverse it and put down the positive side of that. The more you mm-hmm. can infiltrate your brain with positive thinking and the more you can combat that negative thinking and it takes work i have to say this you don't do this just because you do this intentionally 
you set a very high bar for yourself, which is, I am not prepared to live with this any longer. And I will do whatever it takes for me to change the dialogue I'm having with myself and the behaviors that dialogue creates. So you're always in choice. And when people say to me, oh, well, I don't have a choice, you just made a choice right there. Mm -hmm. So you're mm -hmm. making a choice every time you hear that negative voice, every, hear, every time you hear that judgment of who you think you are. And that's a wonderful thing when people say, who do you think you are? I like to say, let's, let's just tweak that a little bit and say, who do you think you are? And do you think that you can be better than you are right now? Because every one of us wants to be a better version of ourselves. But you can't get there unless you're prepared to do the work and be uncomfortable or comfortable being uncomfortable. Because that's baseline for everything that's about change. Get comfortable being uncomfortable because the quality of your life depends on it. I love it. And this is something I, I often teach. I live by, I love everything that you're saying. And one, one thing I just want to bring attention to you guys, if you are listening, it's about making the decision that you're going to do something about it, right? Because it's easy to sit around and be a victim and blame everybody else and whine and cry and complain. Poor me, poor me. It's really quite easy to sit in that space, but your power comes from making a decision that I'm no longer going to accept this. I'm no longer going to stay in this victim mindset. I am going to choose to heal myself. I choose to do the work. I choose to move through it. Like there's so much power in making a decision that you're going to get out of this instead of just sitting in it and feeling sorry and helpless for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I get people who come and they want to do the transformational strategies program. And I'm very clear that this is deep work. This is going to challenge you to really question who you are and what you're all about and really face the stuff that is making you damned uncomfortable, but that you know because you've made a commitment to wanting to make that change. But people will show up for it. And I've seen it happen. They take the program and they don't do the work because it's hard. Change is hard. And I'm, I'm very clear yeah. about that. You know, there's no easy path to changing the shit that, that we're sitting in. It's very simple. Um, but you've got to be committed, number one, to the whole process of making a choice. I know this is going to be hard, but I'm going to do my best to show up, be honest, truthful, mm -hmm. and authentic in my approach to this work. And for those who are, I have to tell you, the breakthroughs are unbelievable. Confidence soars. Communication patterns change, people's ability to say, here's my vision, here's my values, here's where it is I'm, I'm taking my life to, all of these things and much, much more were created in this program. So, you know, if anyone is truly dedicated to changing things up, my program and probably others out there, but I like to think mine's is quite unique. But um, there, there is that there are resources available for people. There is no excuse, except of course you can say, "Well, I can't afford it." Well, you can go there, but the truth of the matter is, if you really want to change, you'll find the resources and you'll make the effort and you'll do the work. Because I guarantee you, from the other side of this. I'm a whole different person having done the work yeah. and you are too. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree completely. And I can speak to this personally, because as an adult, I went through four years of trauma therapy to heal all of the abuse from my childhood. And it's very interesting to me, because when you say that, you know, your confidence soars, and, you know, all these things, these good things happen, if you push through, and you do this work, you're absolutely right. Because when I started the journey, of the therapy work that I had done specifically with a therapist with PTSD and all of that wrapped around it because I would just get triggered and I would go into these states and they were awful, just absolutely awful. Mm -hmm. And they were all tied around my intimate relationship with my husband because that was the space where I was violated in with my only with my father. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting to me that not only has my confidence increased, not only can I recognize when I'm being a victim, not only can I now recognize when something has the potential to trigger me, but it has completely changed my perspective. Because before, I, I remember going into certain situations and how I thought and how I felt and how awful it was and how I just didn't look forward to it. And now those things, because I've done the healing, I'm like, gosh, Jennifer, you were crazy. Like, I go into these things now and I feel great and I feel loved and I feel confident and stuff doesn't bother me anymore. But it truly is because I did the hard work to go through it. I remember in one of my first sessions, my therapist saying to me, Jennifer, this is something that you're going to be dealing with your whole life. And I didn't say it out loud, but in my head, I was like, no, I'm not. I am not going to put up with this shit for my whole life. I'm going to do whatever it takes to heal it. And I was thinking, I'm going to prove you wrong. And I, I love my therapist. She was amazing. She helped me so much in so many ways. And I didn't say that out loud to her, but I remember in my head thinking, I will prove you wrong. I am not going to suffer with this my whole life. I will do whatever it takes. I'm going to get out of this. I'm going to heal this. And I did. And I think that sometimes when you're working with a professional or you're, you're trying to you know help yourself to feel better, if you haven't made that commitment, you're, you're just going to get stuck in the whole like cycle of talking about it and living with it and never really moving forward. But it's, it, it might be a little bit on the professional you're working with, but it's a whole lot on you because the professional was great, but it was because I made the intention to heal. That's why it worked. It didn't work. Not that she wasn't great. She was great, but it yeah. worked because I made the choice that I, I was going to make it work. So anybody who's listening to this right now and you're like, oh, I've been in therapy for 10 years and I'm still not any better. Well, I'm going to really encourage you to put an, cast an inward light upon yourself where are you in this process? Have you made the decision that you are going to heal this? Because there's so much power in that decision. And Jacqueline, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Like, what would you say to a person who, you know, they've been trying to figure it out for decades, lifetimes, however long it's been, what would you say to them to help them just kind of take that next step forward? Well, I think you, you touched upon it quite well. You know, I did martial arts for years, and I have a black belt in, in karate. And one of the things that, or not one of the things, many things that I learned in there, I put it into a structure, and I think it applies to everything in life. Number one is a commitment. You know, if I'm in a fight, I have to be committed to the fight. The second piece is focus. I've got to be focused on my enemy. Now, if your enemy is the internal enemy, then you've got to be focused on that internal enemy because it's that voice inside your head that tells you you're, you're not, whatever you want to add to that. 
So there's commitment, then there's focus. Then the next piece is discipline. You've got to show up and do thousands and thousands of hours of the same repetitive stuff in order to become instinctual about your response to, to whatever that is. So we've got commitment, focus, and discipline. The fourth piece is, is follow through. You've got to be willing to follow through because it's not enough just to say, well, I'm focused and I'm disciplined and I made a commitment. But if you're not showing up and you're not doing the work consistently, which is point number five, then, of course, you're not going to get the results you're looking for. So we've got commitment, focus, discipline, follow through and consistency. And the last piece is perseverance. You get knocked down, you get back up again. And it doesn't matter how many times you fail, how many times you fall down, you get back up again. And you and I, Jennifer, we have definitely done that thousands of times in our lifetime. So those, those six elements, commitment, focus, discipline, follow through, consistency and perseverance, these are all essential to anyone's success. And you've got to be able to take that lot seriously. Because as I found out when I was in a fight, if I didn't have all of that going on, yeah, I was down for the count and I was not going to get up again. But my inner inner self, my, my resilient self, and, you know, the FU self, basically, mm -hmm. which I've had a lot of in my lifetime, you get up and you get on with it again. So that would be my best advice. Number one, make a commitment to you because nobody else will. And here's the other side of that. What we're also talking about is self-love. We learn how to love ourselves when we give ourselves the necessary pieces that I've just been talking about. And then when you love yourself, other people love you more. So the intimacy problem is a big issue. Jennifer, you and I have that in common. I mean, I could when you were telling your story, I was like, oh, yeah, 43 years in this relationship. And I can tell you there's been a lot of those. So, you know, there's there is that piece of it. But learning how to love yourself means you're willing to make that commitment to stay focused and disciplined and consistent and really give yourself an opportunity to learn how to be you, not what other people think you should be, but learn how to be you in the world with no apologies, no excuses. You are who you are. And doesn't matter if people like you or don't like you, frankly. That's what I've discovered in my lifetime, especially at this age. It doesn't really matter. They have their stuff. You have yours. And that's just what it is. But you've got to be courageous enough to say that matters. And that's that's really where I would go with this one. I love it so much. I'm going to, this is definitely the be fearless episode. If if you guys are all like needing some motivation, you need to get up off your butt, you need to do the work. This is the episode that you're going to want to listen to. <laughs> I love it so much. Jacqueline, would you please share with everybody where people can find you if they want to learn about more about you, your books and your work? Yes, absolutely. Well, there's my website, which is my name, JacquelineWales.com. And on there, you will find everything that you ever wanted to know and more about who I am, what I'm doing, and how I can help you. And I would say particularly pay attention to transformational strategies for success, because that really is a program that is designed to give you everything that I've just been talking about for this last little while. And it's a commitment to you. It's an investment in you. 
So go check it out. And if, if it makes any sense, then contact me. I don't bring people into my program unless they talk to me because I want to make sure that they are going to make that commitment to themselves. Mm, I love that so much. All right, you guys, that's where you can find Jacqueline. And I think uh, just to sum up today's episode, you know, make the commitment to yourself, right? Make that decision. If you are struggling with anything, especially when it comes to your own healing, make the decision that you're going to heal it. You absolutely can. And do the work, do the work. And that's what I'm going to leave you guys with today. Jacqueline, thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you for a wonderful conversation, Jennifer. I really appreciated it. Absolutely. All right, you guys, get out there, do the work, and have a happy, productive day. Bye. I hope you found today's episode of the Happy Productive Podcast inspiring. Every successful business is formed by a set of small, consistent, and attainable steps. If you want to learn more, come visit us at jenniferdawncoaching.com to take your next step and learn how to meet your business goals. On our website, you're going to find free resources along with links to the life-changing coaching programs that have transformed the lives of so many of our clients, including the Coaching Academy and our Unbreakable Retreats. Many of them started their journey by listening to this podcast. That's it. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode. She Leads Podcast Network.